0: You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge's vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Isaiah 11, the first four verses are twofold. Number one, the verses are prophetic. Isaiah, according to Isaiah, the first chapter was a prophet. And, of course, a prophet speaks the mind of God based upon the present, near, and distant future. It's important for people not only to hear what a prophet has to say, but understand scripture in reference to a prophet. Scriptures like Amos 3 and 7, Surely the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveal his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. So whatever God has on his mind in reference to the present and the future will be revealed by his prophets. We also need to understand, according to 2 Chronicles 20 and 20, the very last sentence, that God and his prophet are, are connected when it comes to Our lives. That second sentence says, believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. God is going to build you, mold you, cause you to think, talk, and act the way you need to as a child of God. He's going to establish you. But then it goes on to say, believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Once you start thinking, talking, and doing according to the word of God, then God is going to cause your life to be productive in every aspect. Every aspect. But secondly, Isaiah 11 is messianic. It talks about Jesus and Jesus equates savior. Biblically speaking, salvation is threefold. It is God that delivered us. I said it is the Lord That brought us out of our sin. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. He saved us from death. He delivers. But salvation is not only deliverance, it's protection. He protects us. Even when we were sinners, God was protecting us. But more so now because the veil has been lifted. We recognize the protection of God. Won't he protect you from danger seen and unseen? Woo! Won't he protect you from yourself? He'll even protect you from your enemies by making your enemies your footstool. Look at somebody and say, Can't nobody do us like Jesus. <laughs> Lastly, salvation has to do with prosperity. It's when God causes you to be transformed in life for the better. You look around the room, there, there, there are folks that used to be the tail. That's over. God has caused them to prosper. And he promised that I will make you the head, not the tail. I'll cause you to live above only. And then he says, and you will never live beneath. Letting you know that once he does bring you out, you don't have to be afraid that you're going to go back to being what you used to be. When he makes you the head, your days are being the tail of. And some of us should have shouted because God performed that in your life. You are better now than you've ever been. You possess more now than you've ever had. And it's not because of how smart or how wonderful you are. But it's based upon how awesome our God is. Tell somebody our God is an awesome God. That's the reason we dance about our God. We turn in victory about our God we leap for joy about moreover we will get offended when somebody talks about our God because we know how wonderful he is we know what he will do for you if you trust him and adhere to his word won't God bless you won't he do something for you won't God do for you when other folks have turned their back on you Job felt he was by himself, especially when his wife told him, curse God and die. But God let him know, point blank, I'm still with you, Job. Not just by saying something, but God turned his life completely around. Job was down, but God lifted him up, caused a blessing to come his way that caused him to be not only the most prosperous person in his area, but caused folks to recognize the redemption of God. See, when God blesses you, it's bigger than you. Oh, I said it's bigger than you. When he blesses you, he expects for you to be a testimony to others. And how many recognize that? That's, that's the reason you go through this, that, and the other to get this, that, and the other. Because God uses you for his glory in order to get a testimony. Testimony Talks about how you overcame by sticking to what God told you to do. And so, again, the passage here in Isaiah 11, 1 through 4, is prophetic and is messianic all about Jesus. Why am I stressing this? Why is is this so... Important because we are Christian Christian means Christ like we can't just get happy like we, we used to do as sinners and, and sing I want to be like Jesus <laughs> just like Jesus meek and holy we gotta be Christ-like. But it's not based upon you determining what it is to be Christ-like. It has to be based upon Scripture. And Paul revealed it in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 when when he said to the church, imitate me just as I imitate Christ if I'm going to be Christ like I have to be pastored I have to follow leadership now now some folks just want you to follow them but you need to understand the necessity of following your pastor because it's, it's Bible and you don't have to follow me to the dollar store. No, I'm going there this evening or tomorrow, but you don't have to follow me there. So I'm not just saying, well, pastor going to the dollar store, let's go. No, we, we ain't talking about that type follow. He's specific. You follow the pastor as he follows Christ when the pastor does things based upon the word, you are to do likewise. Your pastor is a pattern for you. But then when we go to Philippians, the third chapter, it's bigger than the pastor because Paul told the saints that not only do they need to follow him, but they need to follow leadership of folks that are mature. That are following the pattern of the shepherd. Because some, some of you, you you're going to see more leaders than you are the pastor. You're going to ask leaders about certain things more so than you ask the pastor. And if the leader has the pastor spirit, you are to follow that leader. Well, whose spirit does the pastor have? Again, the spirit of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. Imitate the pastor as he imitates Christ. We have to be Christ-like. In mind, in word, and in deed. In the church and outside the church. On your job and at the family reunion. You have to be Christ like 24-7. Suppose I mess up, repent. Ask God to forgive you and turn. Change. Cause you're going to mess up. It ain't no if, what if I. You are going to mess up. But when you do, get it right. Don't quit. Don't you quit. Just get it right. Is that what you do, Pastor? Yeah. Get it right. And just keep moving on. Y'all with me? And so we, we have to be Christ-like as... As children of God. And we have to know that it's in order. Follow the pastor and leadership as they follow Christ. Amen? Amen. Now, contextually, if you, you'll notice in verse 3, matter of fact, let me read it again. Heals, or Jesus' delight, is in the fear of the Lord. He gets happy when it comes to worshiping. God, that was his delight. Now, we are specifically talking about Jesus the man. And you know when he was on earth, as a pattern for his disciples to follow That he was known for talking to God. Known for telling him how much he loved him. Known for letting disciples know that that they need to ask the father this, that, and the other. But when they ask him, to ask him in his name. He was a worshiper. He understood what worship was. And defined it to his disciples in John, the fourth chapter, 22nd verse and following. And and he point blank told them, he he said, you know what? The father is looking for folk that's going to worship him in spirit and truth. Letting them know when it comes to worship, when it comes to fearing the God, fearing the Lord, you don't need to be no help. You got to do it in spirit and in truth. God don't want you getting a good old drink and then getting up there trying to sing. Living like a low down dirty dog and then trying to grab the microphone and pray. He said, when you worship him, you got to worship him in spirit and truth. He says, for such is what the father is looking for. God is looking for some folk that's going to that's worship him the right way. You ain't going to play it because you can play. You're going to play it because you love Jesus. You ain't going to sing it just because you got a nice voice. You're going to sing it out of the depths of your heart because you love the one you're singing about. And his delight was the fear of the Lord. Ella Florence would say it like this. Jesus loved to have church. Yeah. Woo! Jesus loved to have church. Look at the passage. His the light is in the fear of the Lord. Didn't mind getting this dance on? He even told folk when they got upset about folk praising Praising him as, as he was coming. He said, look, if they don't praise me, the rocks will begin to cry out. What does that say to us? Jesus was a person of praise. Some of y'all who like to sit down and act as if God didn't bless you with hands. God didn't bless you with feet. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Your God was a God of praise. And if your God was a God of praise, you ought to be willing to put your hands together sometime, stomp your feet sometime, and give him the glory. He loved to bless folk. His disciples, when after the service, they'd be ready to go home. He said, I, 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 can't, I can't leave in these folk, hadn't they? They done came all the way out here. We got to feed them. He said, what we got to give them? Well, Lord, we ain't got nothing but a little fish and a little bread. That's all we got. A little fish, a little bread. Bring it here. Let me pray over it. Fed a multitude. He was a giver. He enjoyed giving to people. And see, we have to be the same way. Then then he was a forgiving God. They brought a woman to him. He said, hey, Lord. We caught this woman right here in the Dutch. We We seen her. We seen her. Yeah, we've seen huh? Jesus knelt on the ground and just thought, right, on the ground. And then finally he said, hey, anybody in without sin? Y'all be the first one to stone her. They left. He was a forgiving God. He asked the woman, he said, where are your accusers? She said, ain't nobody around. Ain't nobody around. She said, ne- he said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. He forgave folk. See, when you a Christian, you can't you can't hold on to stuff. But I'm mad, I know you're mad, but you can't hold on to stuff if you Christ like. Your delight is in worshiping God. And when you truly worship God, you have to think God, talk God, and do God. That's who you are. But let me show you something. Y'all all all right? Let's go to Psalm 34. I need to show you this. Psalm 34. We're talking about Jesus. His, His delight was in the fear. Of the Lord. But we want to consider Psalm 34. I feel pretty good myself. You? All right, Psalm 34 and 11. It says, Come, you children. Listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. You have to be taught the fear of the Lord. You got to be taught it. I've been in church all my life. Yeah, but you need to be taught. Look, I don't I sit on the five pastors, so, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the pastorate. You have to be taught, even though you've been in five churches. You still have to be taught. Taught what? The fear of of the Lord you have to be taught how to think what to say and what to do you got to be taught it you, you, you got to be taught these things because as as a Christian your mind according to Philippians 2 and 5 has to be the mind of Christ what comes out of your mouth can be a blessing or a curse To you according to Proverbs 18 and 21, because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And you have to watch what you do, where you go. Biblically, the steps of a righteous man need to be ordered by the Lord. Gotta be taught the fear of the Lord. And you can't think just because you done got your license, preacher, that you no longer need a pastor. You can't think, old oh, the saint, just because you've been in church. And you done, you you got it wrote down. I have heard ten thousand messages. I can be a preacher, but God didn't choose you to be. You got to. I'm just saying you have to be taught. Even the preacher that releases the message has to be. The Holy Spirit has to guide me in what to do, say, and think when it comes to feeding the congregation. I'm not going to get up here and, and just say it just to be saying it. I got to get up here and make sure that whatever I say that the Spirit of God gave me instead. steady. And that he continues to give me revelation while I am up here in your presence. And sometimes it's a fight up here because I'm feeling things coming at me. But I can't get off track and respond. I have to stay in his will. I have to fulfill my assignment. I many I understand it. You have to be taught the fear of God. And get this. When you are taught the fear of God, it will take your confidence in God and yourself to another level. Proverbs 14 and 26 said, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. God will have you confident knowing that he has your back, your front, your side. He's covering you completely. But it all starts with you being taught the fear of God and allowing it to become a part of your makeup or a part of your thoughts, words. Again, in the fear of the Lord is strong, confident. His children shall have a place of refuge. That's the reason you ain't bowed to COVID. That's the reason you appreciate the CDC but you're not going to follow guidelines that are in contrast to the will of God. You thank God for your doctor because he does some wonderful things but you are quick to let your doctor know you ain't Jesus. You ain't my savior. It was him that redeemed me and he redeemed me for me and you hooked up doc. Tell somebody can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like. Jesus. And when you have the fear of God on the inside of you you know can't nobody do you like him. When you have the fear of God on the inside of him, you are strong in the midst of trials. If folks going through stuff right now that would have kept most folks at home, but you came to church simply because you have the fear of God residing on the inside of you. You got a bad report this week, but you still made up in your mind. God going to do it anyhow. He going to rescue me anyhow. God going to bring me out anyhow. What do you call that? Strong confidence. Where did it come from? Being taught the fear of the worship of God. Y'all go to church all the time. Now we go every Sunday and we're going to make sure we get there on Sunday until we get back to Bible study because we got to be taught how to think, talk, and act in the midst of what's happening. That was his delight. I don't understand folk who don't love church. It bothers me when, when, when somebody praising God get on somebody's nerve. You should be happy when folk praise God. I don't understand how folk can talk about the tithes giving God his tithe and offering as if it's a burden as good as God has been to you. I don't understand stuff like that. How can you truly fear God or be a worshiper of God when you don't recognize the blessing of the tithe the blessing of the offering the blessing of doing and staying in the will of God. Well, do it really take all that reverence? That's what the Bible says. And why we try to act like it's a whole lot, is really just a drop in the in the bucket based upon what he has done for us. Oh, maybe I'm in the wrong church. Maybe I'm around the wrong folk. I thought God had been good to everybody over here. I thought it was some folk in the middle section who had a testimony about God healing them, God strengthening them, God delivering them, God blessing them. Say to your neighbor, we should have no problem fearing God and submitting to teaching that's going to help her help us worship him even in a greater and better wait. His delight shall be in the fear of God. You got a love praising him. I can't dance like L the TJ. Well, do do what you do, do what you you've been blessed to do. That means if you can only do just a little bit, just do a little bit, but do something when he done told us in scripture like Psalm 150 let everything that has breath praise the Lord Christians should be the first ones to put their hand together I can't get my dance on without the music you gotta learn how to leap dance, jump, run, skip Turn in victory, whether somebody is sliding their fingers up and down the keyboard or not. Moreover, you got to learn to get your praise on in the bathroom, because sometimes God will do something in your bathroom that deserves the praise. Sometimes God will do something in your car that deserves the praise. Sometimes God will do something in your yard that deserves the praise. Wherever God blesses you, you should give him the praise. If you a praise and look at somebody and tell them, I will praise. <laughs> Don't think my praise is limited to A P O R. I i praise him in here, but if he does something by the mailbox, I I'll get my praise on at the. That's his delight. And so when folks ask you, what do you like to do? Praise the Lord. But I'm here. What do you really enjoy? Worshiping the Lord. That's strange. I'm Christ like I am peculiar. But then contextually, we also notice in verse 3 that when it comes to him making decisions, it will not be based upon what he hears. Let me read it again. Lord mercy. I don't want to lose y'all. I ain't losing y'all, though am I? you in the vein aren't you looking no you're not losing me no 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 but notice this verse 3 the latter part of verse 3 he shall not decide by the hearing of his ears because sometimes folk can say something that sounds right but it's wrong And so Jesus pointed out, yeah, I heard that, but I don't agree with that. And it's Jesus. Jesus hear, hears, but he does not base his decision on what he was listening to. Some of us do. To the point to where it, it, it will become gossip. And then sometimes we're even to the point where we're one sided. You didn't even hear both sides. You heard one side. And that's how you base in your decision. Well, the reason I base it on her because she ain't never told me no lie. Wait a minute now, you trying to tell me she God, she ain't never lied. You, you can't just base a decision on one side. Bible even tells us to heal the whole matter. And, and when you base it on one side, really that's immature. And see, we bigger than that now. We, we don't do that. Somebody tell you, you know, so, so and so she got drunk she got drunk. Yeah, that's what so-and-so told me. So you saying she got drunk because so-and-so told you that. Have you went to her and talked to her? No, but so-and-so, she wouldn't be saying that. Just say I have got upset because of what somebody told me or because of what I heard I had to learn not to base it on what I heard until I investigated it according to the scripture. And I've always been that way. Now you probably was, 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 well, no, I ain't going to go there. <laughs> I don't think none of us have always been that way. But as you mature, you, you learn to just not base things just, just on what you hear. You know, if, if, if you, st- you hear what so-and-so saying. And then you call somebody, hey, hey, you be, look, I don't want to just be saying that to you, but did you hear what so and so said? That's second person. But that ain't enough for you. You go to third, fourth, fifth, sixth. That's immature as a Christian. Even as a person, but especially as a Christian. If you're going to be Christ like, you can't just make a decision on what you. You you hear. You have to take it further. That's just how we that's just how we need to be as as Christian. Because like I'm telling you, I have been guilty. I don't believe he tell me though, no, but I'm telling you, if it ain't God or if you're not doing it in line with the scripture, you you wrong. You're wrong. Now see, teaching like this is when folk get mad at the pastor. That's when you see how I constantly put emphasis on the scripture. Because you, be, you can be blaming somebody about something based upon what you heard that you should. Just look at somebody and say, that's what Walker used to do. And you don't want to be like Walker. <laughs> see, just like if you leave here and say, you know what, Pastor, he he blame stuff on for, for see you you you, done, you didn't even hear it right. <laughs> you have to be Say to your neighbor, you have to be careful. But then, wait a minute, I need to show you something. Let's go to Proverbs. Lord have mercy. 16 and 33. Notice this. Remember, Proverbs uh, reveals truth. Whether God's truth or moral truth. B- but it does it through, through sayings. And notice this saying, Proverbs 16 and 33. The lot is cast into the lap. But, but notice this. But is every decision is from who? It talks about God's sovereignty. Do you know even when it comes to the devil, the devil recognized that God is sovereign. You read Job one and two. The devil really wanted to get Job, but guess who had to give him permission? God. Every decision is from who? Now as Christians, before we even conclude something, we need to base it upon what God's word says. We need to make sure that our every decision, whether to believe, whether to do, whether to talk about it or so, is based upon the word. You agree? Every decision is from who? Lord. God is still sovereign. It's just like folk can say what they want to say in the season that we're in. When everything is said and done, it's going to be God. God is point blank the sovereign. Now, I, I, I love it because he don't try to push how great He is. He just does according to his word. He ain't going to show his face in the closet. Hey, y'all, I'm still in charge. That's not the way he operates. That's not the way he operates. That's the way the world operates. You have people that constantly want you to know that they are in charge. You ever had a supervisor like that? Making fifteen cent more than you, fifteen cent. I had a supervisor. Like, I mean, I mean, I said, "Man, you make fifteen cent more than me." I'm nineteen, and you thirty-two, and you acting like you're younger than me. I told him that, and you making fifteen cent more. And you ain't got but three folk right up <laughs> you and you just trying to act like you just. We didn't have them some shirts made and um, put supervise. You should have put supervisor that makes fifteen cent more than the people up. <laughs> Uh, but let me move on. Let me move on. Well, I mean, it's just sad, but that's not God, but He is in charge. And you'll notice that everything God uses His prophets to speak true prophets, you'll notice that it starts to manifest. You, you remember the panic that 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 first hit when COVID came out? But the word of God just kept going forth. And everything God was saying, he just kept manifesting Kept causing it to come into being. He, he, didn't, try to, he didn't try to break through and say, hey, I ain't going to let y'all do all that. I ain't gonna. He didn't do that. He just said, look, this is what I want you to teach. This is what I want you to preach. This is what I want you to do. And he just kept manifesting himself. Every decision is from who? The Lord. That's the reason you never allow a situation or a person to move you out of your set place. Because the best place to be is in the will of God. And the safest place to be will of God and if you find yourself out of the will of God hurry up and get back in the will of God but then the first clause in Isaiah 11 and 3 says that he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes is going to be sight judgment. He's not just going to base it on what he's looking at. I saw it with my own eyes. So it's supposed to be true because you saw it with your own eyes. You're not supposed to put emphasis on I saw it with my own. But certain things you see with your own eyes are not telling the whole truth. I like to watch movies. Especially black and white movies. But then, anyway, that's different. Y'all, y'all know you, some of y'all. Like. I would not dare watch a black and white movie. That's when you follow me as I follow Christ. You don't worry about watching black and white movies. Leave that to me. But I was, watching, I was watching this movie, and uh, anyway, they, they had this man o- on this movie confessing that he was something and, and uh, something bad. And so it went on every news channel it was that the man was I heard I saw him on there, confessing with my own eye, even his mama saw him and said, "I can't believe my son did that." My son, I can't deny it because I saw it with my own eyes. Now this was a mystery movie. Y'all like mystery movies? I do too, brother. I guess me, you, and two more—we don't want, but but anyway, anyway, as time went on, come to find out that it was some terrorist. That had a camera on the person. And had an AK-47 on one side. An AK-47 on the other side. And his best friend. And If you don't say what we want you to say. You next. And say look this your mama. This your brother. And this your daddy said so we going to kill Liam before we kill you if you don't say what we want you to say. Guess what he did? He said it. But when it was broadcast, David made sure he, he, he put some passion with saying it. They ain't going to believe you the way you said it. Say it with some passion. Make it believable. But even his own mama, Was saying I can't deny. I saw it. With my own eyes. But when all was said. And done. It was false. And see we got to be like Jesus. We can't just judge it. By the sight. Of our. Eyes. And we have to remember also. That the things we see are temporary according to 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. We see it, but it's not going to last. We see it, but it's something bigger than what we see. You understand what I'm saying? It is Jesus. He's not going to judge it. Bible even tells us not to judge a matter before time. Take time. Investigate. Find out exactly what's what's going on before you open up your mouth. And when they put out something that was false on that man, they run his reputation completely. And even though when when it was cleared, folks still didn't then trust, him. didn't believe. We don't want to be to the point to where we judge by what we see. Y'all still good? Yeah. So if Jesus does not judge by what He sees, how does He judge? He judges by notice verse four in Isaiah eleven. He judges by righteousness. <laughs> That's how he judges. And notice the text says he he would judge in righteousness in reference to the poor. But he does not judge in righteousness just to the poor. Let let me show you a scripture to to prove that. Even though I know you know it. But let me just show you anyway. Go with me to uh, Psalm 9, I think is where I want to go. Y'all fight off that hunger. Let me finish. How did he know? He's a prophet. (laughs) Notice this. Notice Psalm 9. We're going to read uh, verses 7 and 8. Ready? But the Lord shall but the Lord shall endure forever. He has prepared his strong for, help me. Judge. He shall judge the world in what? Righteousness. In what? Righteousness. He judges in righteousness. That's what he judges in. My last scripture is going to be a scripture that talks about Righteous, how the righteousness of God is revealed. Go with me to uh, Romans 1. I'm closing with this. Romans 1. We'll start at verse 16. Paul said, for I am not ashamed. Romans 1 and 16. Y'all got, y'all ready? I used you still turning. That's where we start. Romans 1 and 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes or has faith. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. Uh, Greek also figuratively is Gentiles, or people like us. 17. For... For in it, in what? The gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed. The what of God? The righteousness of God is revealed. How? From faith to faith. But notice this. As it is written, the just shall live by what? Faith. He's going to judge in righteousness. But it's going to be according to his word of faith. Faith comes by. Hears. And hearing the what? Word how, how are we going to judge it? We're going to judge it in righteousness. But it's going to be based upon what? The word. Written and revealed. The written word was revealed. But God is still a God that reveals. The written word was revealed to Prophets, apostles, and others, but God still reveals. Why does He still reveal? Because He changes not. But He reveals according to the scripture. If you'll notice, everything Jesus taught, everything Paul taught, and others taught, it was based upon what what was written in the Old Testament. But then God gave a more revelation in. The New Testament. And he's still giving revelation in our day and time because of how generations change. He tailors the word in order to fit our life. Tailors the word in order to fit certain congregations. Amen? Amen. But when it comes to Jesus, his judgment is sightless. And we likewise should have cyclist judgment. And I'm done. Let's get the Lord to hand it.